free your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. Girl, do we have an episode for you? Oh, man. I feel like it's kind of a highly requested topic for us to continue to talk about, even though we've touched based on it a little bit before. But today, we're going to be answering questions that you guys have about dating. Yes, yes. And we thought a good way to get into it is to do an update about Regina's dating life because (laughs) she can fully understand all you single people out there with all your questions that we will get into. They're really great questions, by the way. We pose the question over Instagram. So if you're not following us at perfectly.imperfect.podcast, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Regina, tell us. Tell us since we recorded that episode on online dating survival guide, episode number 51, where you talked about online dating and all the tips and tricks for you. How has your dating life been? Uh, it's a it's a slim pickings out here. <laughs> um, I think that in 2019, I felt very like closed off, and I definitely like stayed within my comfort zone in regards to like friendships and just any kind of relationships, networkings, or otherwise. And so I kind of gave myself that goal to be more open about it in 2020, and. Uh, uh, may or may not have made a bet where I, if I did not go on a date within the first month of 2020, I would owe one of my best friends $50. Um, but and? I ended up going on a date recently. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think what app? It was Hinge. So right Mm -hmm. now I'm only on like Hinge and Bumble. I've never actually gone on a date through Bumble. And Hinge, I've gone on a couple dates in New York. But on Bumble, I've heard a lot of really good things about it. It's for those of you who don't know, Bumble is set up kind of like Tinder, but it's more specific in regards to like what people are looking for. It has their like Zodiac sign. It'll say like, oh, are you looking for a relationship, something casual, etc.? Do you have kids? Do you want kids? Uh, It gets very specific. And Bumble Mm. is, I think, one of the only apps. I don't know if this still rings true, but it was the first app that came out where the girl had to make the move first. So, Mm. you know, no more unsolicited, like, dick pics. And no more unsolicited, like, uncomfortable messages, which I have received plenty of. I never understood that, why guys think that a good a good courting or wooing tactic is to, <laughs> hey, baby, you want to show de- genitalia? Yeah, this is what you'd be getting, the full package. Gross. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> I don't want it on my phone. It's like that Parks and Rec episode where everyone starts sending, like, Ann Perkins, like, dick pics because they're like, oh, diagnose me. Do I have measles and stuff like that? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that dating apps are, you know, I've seen success with them. So I think that that's why I still use them and hold out hope for them. But there's definitely a lot of like sifting that you have to do. Yeah, I did go on my first date of 2020 
yay me. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that the guy, he was super nice, really kind. We had a good dinner, but I personally didn't feel like a very strong connection. Like I didn't feel like we had a lot in common. And so to me, I was kind of like, okay, like this was nice first step towards like getting myself more out there and learning to be more vulnerable because I think that that was something that I'd always been really afraid of in the past. Ironic that I have a podcast where I talk about all my feelings, I know. Um, But I think that it's different when you're like doing it on a one-on-one level and, you know, trying to potentially build a future with them as well. So yeah, good first step for 2020. Yeah, you don't... (laughs) owe your friend $50. So congratulations. Thank you. That was really the biggest accomplishment of all. Really? Yeah. I literally, no joke, was just at Regina's the other day and (laughs) something that turned out to be like, she was telling us, telling me and Jack about this date that she went on and I was like, oh my gosh, show me a picture. And then and then I got really sucked into Hinge. <laughs> yeah. She, she was like, oh, well, you know, I have like unlimited swipes so you can go through it. And then like, yeah, I could just go ahead and like whoever. And then in the beginning, I was like, so like, okay, okay. I'm going to read everything. I'm going to be like, oh, well, this guy has potential and all of that. And then towards the end, I was just like, next, next, next. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> oh my God. And I could see how it just gets so like it's uh, a vicious game out there over it yeah because like yeah. You, just, you just see like i mean it's not to say anything about the cannabis it's just like it's just it's not that it's not what it. you're looking for you know how yeah. when you go shopping with some a particular <laughs> outfit in mind yeah and then like that's the one thing that you cannot find while you're shopping you go to every freaking store that you can think of and then yeah. you're just like oh nothing looks good nothing fits so it kind of feels like like that yeah and why guys why are there so many shirtless pictures of you guys flexing in the mirror please explain that to me that and the fish i can't get over the fish but you know i I think i have a bigger problem with like gym selfies than i do with the fish i i just think it's funny because i saw a pattern of guys trying to portray so hard that they don't care but they mm-hmm. care so much, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it comes across so obvious where they're just like, oh, you know, I'm just here to like, you know, meet someone cool and blah, blah, blah. And they show photos of themselves like, you know, out having a good time. But then like they have photos of them like really trying to flex. You yeah. Know? And you're yeah. like, and not like, even just literally photo, flex. Yeah. No. Yeah. And sometimes the photo doesn't even show their face. It's just like body down of them, like with their arms curved. You know, like those like bodybuilder poses in the yeah. mirror. No, it's it's just kind of funny because in those like shirtless photos, they try to take it as if it's like nonchalant. This is like me just getting out of the shower, you know? Yeah. Um, but you can totally tell they're flexing or holding their breath. So, Jack like, was there too. Yeah. And he was like, dude, that guy's flexing so hard so right now. So hard. So hard. Um, but, you know, maybe that's a future episode. We should talk to some guys about like, their mentality when it comes to putting up these profile like yeah yeah dating app you know what's something I've always been super curious about like what a dating app looks like from a guy's perspective because all the dating apps I've seen are always from like me and my girlfriends sharing our own profiles and like looking at the guy candidates but I would love 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 to see what it looks like on like the guy's end and like swiping through girls oh man okay we should okay let's put that on our list we can okay we're gonna put that on the to-do list and yeah harass someone into letting us <laughs> <laughs> look at their um looking at their online dating profile yeah. We'll um, put to a, but yeah. a list of our single guy friends yes <laughs> 
Okay, so jumping right into the questions, the first one that we got is, how do you spot nice guys on dating apps? And is finding a partner really a numbers game? What do you think, Regina? Well, I mean, I obviously have not figured this out because I haven't met the one yet. But I think that there's tactics that you can tell, like what the guy is going to be like. And say, for example, on like a hinge or a bumble, they have a lot of like prompts that you can pick and choose to answer. And I think that those are like the most obvious ways also to tell like how serious a guy is about finding a relationship and how serious the guy is in like just the way that he answers questions. Like I remember there's one profile where um, the guy chose like questions and like his answers would be like, oh, my greatest weakness is I have none. And like, (laughs) just like all of the answers were kind of along the realm of that. And right off the bat, I think you can tell that this guy is probably not going to be looking for a relationship or just like open to the possibility of like having open communication and stuff like that in the way that they answer the questions. And I think that too, like it's the kinds of questions and prompts that they choose. So I think that there's a lot of prompts where it'll be like, oh, you know, best travel story. And it's this guy's like, oh, well, this one time I flew in a private jet and like we got into this private island, there was no one there. And, you know, like Mm. I think that it's kind of like understanding like, okay, you know, I do think that using these prompts as like an initial like, oh, okay, like what are the things that I can talk about? I think that that's great. But when Mm -hmm. it's just like blatantly just to let you know that they've been on a private plane to a private island and whatever, then, you know, I I don't know. Like that to me is kind of like a no flex zone as my friend would say it. Mm. Oh, and I think it's like important to pick up on little things like that because this is their profile, right? Like this is how they're choosing to show you who they are in the span of three questions and like maybe five photos. So what are they saying in their profile? And I think that utilizing functions like on Bumble that I mentioned earlier, where it says like, hey, you know, are they looking for a relationship? Are they looking for something casual? You know, yes, those circumstances can change where you might meet someone casual and that turns into something more serious. But if you're looking for something serious, don't go chasing after someone who's just looking for something casual and then being upset when they don't give you what you want. Mm. Um, Are there things that you can tell from like photos? Like this is a nice guy. Um, I don't know. Maybe if he's doing some like really wholesome activities, like I think <laughs> I think a lot of guys have now caught on to the trend of like, let me post a photo with my mom. <laughs> mm, <I was> gonna <laughs> and say, so there's a lot yeah. of those. Does that um, make a difference I, for you? Um, wow, you're heartless. No, because <laughs> you're like, ah. Uh. What a mama's boy. I think that it's just like so many. I think when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's really cute. And then like a lot of guys started doing it. So that's this thing too about online dating. I feel like sometimes the tactics, you get numb to it. It's like social media and like influencer marketing, right? Like after a while, you're like, I've seen this same product being posed with five different girls, etc. Anyway. Um, yeah, it, it kind of like numbs you out to yeah. something that maybe, that's why I was like, when I first was scrolling through Regina's like hinge, it was like, oh, okay, okay. Then yeah, Christine was like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, Christine was like, oh, I'm going to find the one. Like, it's going to be me who swipes right on, on, on the guy that Regina ends up with. And then after like five minutes, she's like, oh my God, are we done with this yet? <laughs> no, but literally it's also somewhat addicting because it was like 1 a.m. at that point, Jack was like ready to go. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah, five more, five more. Yeah, she's like, oh, after this one, no, this one, no, this one. And the second part of that question was, is finding a partner really a numbers game? And I don't think it is. I think it's just opportunity and... Wait, what does it mean by numbers game? 
Like, is it just like lucky number eight? Like after you go on eight dates, the eighth person is going to be like, oh, yeah. Or like numbers game as in like how many people reach out to you and or like, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, just like how many people, yeah, you give that opportunity to or like you just need to be an open minded and just go on any and every date kind of thing. Got it. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's more of like an opportunity game. Is the timing right? Are you guys looking for the same thing? Are you guys compatible? I don't think it has to take like exactly 10 dates or whatever to find what you want because I've definitely had friends who go on one date and that was it. Or, you know, they've had never been in a relationship before, got in a relationship and that was the one. And I just think it really depends on um, compatibility timing and and stuff like that so <laughs> make yeah. it sound like you know how like people play slots and yeah. they're like oh my god if this is like i have to play a certain amount because if i leave it then the numbers game of somebody else coming in and winning my winnings you yeah. know <laughs> that's me <laughs> that's a lot of people i find that a lot in relationships where people are like or when it comes to dating, it's like, oh, my God, every day that I'm not with my person is another yeah. day that someone else is going to marry him or her. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, people get definitely get very, very intense about online dating. I have a friend who used to go on like three to four online dates a week, a week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a week. My goal was a month, one a month. <laughs> that, was, and, um, that was my bestie, Karen, when she yeah. like the polar opposite. I didn't meet anybody through literally match.com yeah and then she, when she went on it she went on like yeah same three or four dates per week and i was like well, well she's getting her money's worth right <laughs> i guess i mean for me personally i agree with you it's it's pretty intense to be able and but some people like it you know that's just yeah. how you date depending yeah on how you like yeah to date. yeah and i think that like for me because i have the tendency to get like so invested in people just upon like a first coffee or like dinner or whatever the activity may be I feel like it definitely takes me like more time to invest and emotions too like I think that I was always really surprised by people who are able to go on like several dates in a week I'm like wait I haven't even mentally processed what's happening right now no I feel Um, like you're the type of person that actually has higher barriers to become close to you that's why you stay mm. – you have, like, really close good friends that you've had for, the like, your entire life. But for strangers or people that are, like, acquaintances, mm-hmm. to be able to, like, you know, get in there and get to know you, I think it's not as easy. You're not someone that's just, like, willy-nilly, like, sure, we're besties now. Like, you're a good mm. person to be an acquaintance with in that mm-hmm. you're, like, open to meeting people. But then to get into your inner – or to put your time towards that, I think you're actually really selective. Yeah. And that just might be like through experience too, just because like, because I'm so close with my other friends, like they're the ones who constantly reach out to me to be like, Hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's go do that. And Mm -hmm. I don't really have to make that effort to, (laughs) to make plans and stuff like that. Um, versus like with, uh, newer friends. I I don't think so because like every time we talk about who's been there for you, who's like made the biggest difference in your life and like the encouragement that you get, like it's always those core group of friends. You know, mm-hmm. so I do think that it's because obviously that you guys have built such a tight knit family. Mm-hmm. So, but that mm-hmm. takes time. Like you said, it was like yeah. a lifelong friendship. So yeah. I can see how like that's just with like normal people. It's in a whole nother situation when you're talking about dating and guys mm-hmm. and letting that mm-hmm. in and spending your time doing that, you know, just yeah. to get disappointed or feel like, oh, why, well, you know, I get it. Yeah. Or like not really feeling that connection 
right off the bat. Though I have had like dates where I felt like it went really well and like maybe the person on the other side mm. didn't feel like that as closely connected. Yeah. So yeah, online dating is difficult because it's great because it opens you up to like the possibility of a new group of people that you might not have necessarily crossed paths with. But then there's also that kind of feeling of like trying to mesh two seemingly extremely different lives. And like, yeah. yeah. And then two, like tying into that, um, we got another question that was how to trust people and or stay safe while interacting with people you meet on dating apps. And this is a big one. I think that especially as women, like we have the tendency to put ourselves in very vulnerable situations where we're like meeting people, strangers that we don't really know. So I think that when I was in New York, I feel like I wasn't as uh, stressed about this because it's a very commuting type city, right? Like the places that I would go are just a couple blocks away. But even so, like I'd give my friends like a heads up or just like a, hey, by the way, I'm like meeting this person here just in case anything happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, And now that I'm in LA, I feel like I'm a lot more cautious of that even where I will always make sure that like, you know, I always think that like, it's a very safe bet that on your first few dates that you guys kind of drive separately in LA, not rely on the other person as your only mode of transportation right off the bat. I think it's safe to just go to like a public space. Like I would not recommend that your first date is over at anybody's like own home or anything like like that just because it's best to kind of meet in a public space where there are other people around just in case anything does get uncomfortable or weird just so that there's other people around who can help you Mm -hmm. and yeah I think just communicating to other people like giving them a heads up hey you know this is where I'm going or this is what I'm doing and uh letting your friends know what's going on don't like some of the dating apps actually have like an emergency button or something I think I remember reading one app recently just updated that where they have an emergency button like if anything if you're on a date and anything is going wrong you can push it Um, but I think that that's a new safety feature like literally I saw an article about it yesterday I think it was tinder but I'm not entirely sure Um, where they just like reinforce this like safety feature which I think is really important to have just because you never know about these things you always want to play it safe and uh, make sure that the people that you're interacting with and that you're being safe and all of that yes So true. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. Another question that we got about dating and just being single. The question is, I'm 21 and have never been on a date before. So what's Mm -hmm. a good way to start dating? And how do I not lower my standards? So great question. I think we get this a lot because there's a lot of people that are have never dated or very inexperienced in dating and it can seem very daunting and very scary. Understandably so. I don't think what we've been sharing helps <laughs> in terms of like no. online dating experience and all of that <laughs> or even in-person dating experience. It's yeah, it's there's a lot of things to think about. I will say in my experience, in a very older sisterly type of advice, is just treat dating just like any other experience. Think of it as an experience to get to know people. Get to know yourself, have fun, enjoy the experience. It's like going to college. Like I know we were like, oh, we want to find what we're going to do for the rest of our life. And then blah, blah, blah. This is the start of adulthood and stuff. But if you like put too much unrealistic expectations and pressures on yourself, then you're only super attached to the outcome. And you're not really enjoying it for what it is, right? So 
you know, through dating and getting to know people, just purely if you're just like, I just want to know more people out there, mm-hmm. you'll come out of it learning what you truly like, what are deal breakers, what you hate, what you can't stand, what you want to work on on yourself that you may not have known before. Like, oh, you know, I didn't know that when I get into a relationship that I get really upset about these things and I say really mean things. And then in that process, you understand that it's not really about lowering your standards or being too picky. I hear about this all the time, especially through my clients who talk to me about dating and the struggles through that. And they're like, oh, my mom says I shouldn't be too picky, especially as a woman, too. They're like, oh, you get to a certain age. One client told me that her parents were just like, dude, at the end of the day, marriage is marriage is practical. You don't need to have the fuzzies. You don't need to like love really, you know, and all these things. And just like stop being so picky. I mean, I understand how some parents would think that, right? Yeah. But honestly, it's like understanding that a lot of people have opinions on your dating life, whether they're your friends or your family. But staying true to your own values is really going to be your guiding star. And getting to know what your values are, especially in dating and in a partner and finding quote unquote the one if you believe in that is through the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that like, Growing up, we just have such an unrealistic expectation of what love and romance and a date should be. Like, I remember being like, oh my God, my first kiss, there's going to be fireworks. There's going to be an orchestra playing. There's going to be all these things. And when it actually happened, I was like, that was it. That's it. That's what? And I think that too, like you could potentially be having like dates with someone before you even realize it. You know, like I think that I have a lot of situations too where I'll be hanging out with a guy friend and I'll be like, oh, this is actually really nice. And you don't really have to classify it as like a date or not a date, but like eventually it could turn into something more, you know? And I think that it's that pressure that we put on ourselves to like define everything and be like, oh, this is what is considered a date. If he's the one who plans it and treats me out and does all these things, then that's considered a date, you know? Like I think that there's a lot of flexibility in what is quote unquote classified as an official date that we create these unrealistic expectations. I agree with you in the sense that, you know, treat dating like it's an experience. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be daunting and it's not supposed to be something that you're like, oh, all right, I checked this off my to-do list, which is kind of what I did last month. But no need to lower your standards and no need to be like so nervous. Um, I think that for a long time, like that was me where I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous to like tell a guy that I you know, I've never been in a serious relationship before or stuff like that. But I think that when it comes to the right person, they'll understand and they'll accept you as you are. Like it doesn't matter what you have or haven't done. Yeah. Yeah. And really take this to heart where every person that comes into your life, including the good or bad dates or significant others or whatever, are all meant to teach you something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more patience. Maybe it's what you thought were your top five non-negotiables actually are not, you know? So you learn and adjust. And if you really just see it as that, it's like this person doesn't have to be the one or not Mm -hmm. the one or what does that say about you? You're not good enough. What helps in staying unattached to the outcome of like this date I'm on, the Mm -hmm. numbers game, is this going to be the one, et cetera, (laughs) is to treat it as this is just me getting to know someone. And Mm -hmm. this could be a really crappy date, but at the end of the day, I know for sure that that's not what I want in a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I even think that chemistry is something that you can work on defining more and more because I think we tend to be like oh no do we feel it is it there and I understand like chemistry does have a lot to do with feeling but the more that you get to know yourself and really 
pick up on like what speaks to you what doesn't so for example it could be like oh like regina said hang out with the guy friend this is nice well why is it nice you know is it nice because we're just going on a just there's no expectations here is it nice i feel something with say if you go on a date and you feel chemistry is it because this guy's funny you know, mm-hmm. he makes you feel at ease and that you can be yourself. Is this guy really ambitious um, or this girl who really loves sharing about her hobbies in like hiking or fishing and all of that? Like all these things that you start to really tally up and be like, OK, I'm really attracted to someone who has a life outside of being together. You know, they have their own interests and they put value to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are the things that you really only get to know through dating experience. And then the part about the question about what's a good way to start dating. I think going back to what Regina said, it depends on what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say first start with that mentality, what we just talked about, about, you know, learning experience, having fun, don't take it too seriously. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Second, remind yourself of all your amazing qualities. Mm. I think that's what also gets tiresome in like, you start dating and you're just like, why is it not clicking? Why am I not meeting someone? Is it me? I'm like the common denominator, right? You start putting yourself down and everything. But remind yourself of what you stand for, what you love about yourself, what your friends love about you. Ask them. Because I know sometimes for us, it's hard to like come up with those qualities. And honestly, that's really what it means to be a wingman or wingwoman, you know? (laughs) And then depending on the type of person you are, there are different paths to get started. Like if you're someone who's really nervous to meet strangers, maybe ask your friends if they know someone they could recommend for you. You just want to dip your toes into the dating pool and see what's out there. Based on certain criteria that you can filter, then try dating apps. You know, Mm -hmm, and then maybe mm -hmm. you're someone who likes to meet people in person in the wild. Then I would really recommend going to places that you find personally interesting or you spend your time doing. So maybe you like to go to museums. I know Regina loves to go to museums, Mm -hmm. visiting coffee shops, hiking. Hobbies are a great way, you know, Mm -hmm. so then you at least have a common ground or a starting place of interest that you can meet people who share that with you. StoryWorth is a fun and easy way to share stories and life lessons with your friends and family. We've decided to give the gift of StoryWorth to our moms. They've been our heroes since day one, and we've always been in awe of their strength and loving nature. Being first-generation Asian Americans, the cultural and generational gaps are fascinating. The lives that our mom led before us is one that we have so many questions about. The great thing about StoryWorth is that they send weekly prompts filled with questions you would have never thought to ask, like... What's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? Or what's been one of your life's greatest surprises? At the end of the year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and a photo you choose into a beautifully bound hardcover book. Give your mom or maternal figure the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Visit storyworth.com slash perfectlyimperfect for $10 off your first purchase and free shipping. That's storyworth.com slash perfectlyimperfect for $10 off. Hey guys, Regina here. During these trying times, we are so grateful to be partnering with BetterHelp, an online platform that allows you to get professional therapy from the comfort of your own home. You guys know I'm not great at expressing my emotions. It always takes me a minute to process them, so to openly express how I'm feeling and acknowledge them was so therapeutic. I instantly felt lighter. Opening up this way can be challenging, but after my first session with BetterHelp, I was able to identify the issues that were bothering me, and my counselor provided support and next steps towards self-improvement. 
Finding the right counselor takes time, but BetterHelp makes the process simple with a quick survey to assess your needs and matching you to a licensed professional within 24 hours. I'm really looking forward to my next session and incorporating this into my weekly routine. We want you to start living a happier life today too, so be sure to visit betterhelp.com pip to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pip, P-I-P. Take care of yourselves and stay healthy, Pip fam, from the inside out. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going off of that realm of like always focusing on dating and stuff like that. I think that especially as I'm getting into my later twenties and slowly nearing 30, like that has definitely, all my single friends are definitely at the top of their mind of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to find my significant other? Um, So this next question, how to be content, not dating slash single when everyone around you is seeking relationships. That one hit home. Mm. (laughs) Like, I think that you, even for me, like, yes, I am looking, but I think a lot of the time, like sometimes I am very content being single. And what I've learned too, is that I think I have the tendency and Christine's mentioned this to me too, to like take on the scenarios and situations that other people are going through Mm -hmm. um, and like adapting them as my own. I think that that's just something that I feel like is my way of connecting with people to like help them go through their situation. But in turn, like those fears and insecurities that they may have about themselves and instantly translate to insecurities that I have about myself. So I think that what I've really learned to embrace is just being my own person. I think through being single and kind of doing things on my own, I really learned a lot about myself. I really learned what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, look to a lot of my friends and their relationships. And I think that that's a good way for me to see like, oh, that's the kind of care that I like am searching for because I think in the past any guy that would seem even in the slightly most interested I'd be like oh my god yes <laughs> but I think that as I got older um, I have a better understanding of like what I'm looking for and what I mm-hmm. want it's really like investing in yourself and you know being able to spend time with yourself like what Christine said like I love going to museums and I love traveling and stuff like that so like what are ways that I can incorporate that into my life without having a significant other and there are plenty of ways to do that you know in the past year I've done a lot of like group trips where I've got to develop a lot of really amazing friendships with people old and new and I think that it's just like about kind of taking this time to to find that understanding about yourself and to learn to accept yourself as you are. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, trying to find that person who will fit into that picture rather than changing yourself for that person. So well said, you know, and that's a, I won't say tough lesson, but that is a well-earned lesson Mm -hmm. as you go through your own personal journey. And I think something to keep in mind where, you know, this whole concept of like, oh, people like the one will complete me, the one for a reason, right? Complete Mm -hmm. me, my end all be all, etc. I understand that I get it. But if you think about it in terms of like, say you're on a team, right? Like you're part of a team as a unit, you guys move and have share same goals as a unit and, you know, are helping one another be better and perform, But outside of that, you are still your own individual person. Mm -hmm. So there are things inherently to be better on the team that you need to work on yourself, right? You can't just be like, oh, because my teammate is working on like dribbles and stuff like that, that I inherently am good at that 
as well, right? Like, no, that's really how I see this whole completing me and putting so much expectation on your partner. It's like, there's almost this expectation, like, everything's going to be fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to be find sad. That yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be sad. All the worries are going to be fine because I have that person that can lean on my rock and everything, which in a team scenario, yes, absolutely. Like, you know, that person can be there for you emotionally and in many different ways. However, you are still on your own individual journey and you'll come to realize that how you are and how you work and love yourself will deeply affect your partnership with Mm -hmm. the other person yeah so really understanding that no one can complete you and that it's a tough lesson in the moment you realize that as much as you want that person whether it's a family member or a friend or significant other to be your end-all be-all or to complete you in that sense or to be your rock like it'll never be enough because if you have those insecurities of yourself or things that you want to work on internally, no matter how much they give you, how much they tell you how amazing you are, it doesn't matter. You have to learn how to fill your own well, which is why that's important to think about before you start dating. I think before you start dating, because once you start dating and you haven't done that work yet, it's really easy to get that stuff confused. Mm-hmm. You know, like when mm-hmm. you're feeling sad, you're like, oh, okay, as long as I have someone. And I think there's this narrative that goes around in like, We need that somebody else to give us blank, you know, whatever that blank is, like that feeling, those experiences, that validation. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't. And I think that's something where you learn as you get into adulthood, hopefully as you mature. And also understanding that it's okay to be lonely. And to be real, people that are in relationships feel lonely too. Mm -hmm. When you can understand that, like not jumping into a relationship because you feel lonely. It's a very big difference of like the intention of why you want to be in a relationship. Yeah, completely. And I think that this next question really ties well with that previous question of like how to stay positive as you see everyone getting engaged and married. And that's definitely the boat that I'm in right now. You know, a lot of my friends are getting engaged and married and all of a sudden there feels like this external pressure that is now coming from my friends being like, so when are you going to meet someone? And like, you know, my parents asking me and stuff like that. And I think a lot of it is like learning to appreciate the opportunities that I do get while being single. I get to be a little more selfish with my decision making, where I want to go, what I want to do, what I want to eat even. Um, I get to invest in my own hobbies and interests while also keeping in mind that I just haven't made that connection with someone yet. And that's okay. Like there's no need to force something or, um, you know, get into a relationship just because, you know, of loneliness or just because of time pressure and all those Mm -hmm. things. Being single is my opportunity to get to explore my interests, likes and dislikes. It allows me to understand myself as an individual. And I think that in this time, like I've been able to distinguish my likes from my friends' likes. I think that that was something that was really hard for me when I was growing up. I would just kind of like what everyone else liked um, without really knowing why. And then I think in these more recent, years I've really been able to like fine-tune like oh these are the kinds of movies that I like these are the kinds of books I like to read and it and it's not just because of what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. and I think kind of going into the next part of that too is like okay if you're single and happy that's the group of advice that I have for you but if you're single and you're kind of like oh I'm positive about being single but I do want a relationship 
which I feel like is kind of in the boat that I'm on right now, where it's like, okay, I do want a relationship. I do want to, you know, open myself up to someone. It's not that I don't want to, it's just that I haven't met that person. So it's like, yeah, how will I do that? And I think for me, that's about opening up more. Like, it's not that I don't want to open up to new people. It's just that sometimes that's a bit scary. Mm-hmm. I think that it's nervous when I don't know what they've been through. And then if I talk about something, I don't want to step on toes or make them more uncomfortable or make myself uncomfortable. So I do think that I have the tendency with new people to just kind of close off or like, I don't want to step on any toes. So I'm not going to ask like those deep, hard hitting questions that I would say like closer friends. There's a lot of like, woe is me moments in being single. Like, Mm. oh, no one's asking me out and, and stuff like that. But I think that dating is a partnership. As you said, dating is a two-way street. Like you need to put in that effort because all the times that I felt like the other person wasn't putting enough effort, I think back to it now and I was like, it was because I wasn't putting enough effort. So I think that, you know, try opening up more, showing interest in what the other person is doing, ask questions. Like what I've noticed too is like, say Christine and I are in a scenario where we're meeting someone new. I feel like Christine's really great. And not to say that Christine's trying to date everyone that we're trying to meet but it's just I that am. I think Don't that the way, yeah but I think that it's just like in the way that she communicates she's very open and like asking questions and like oh what about this oh what does this mean oh blah blah, blah. and I think that that is a really good way for you to when you do find someone that you're like oh I'm kind of interested in them or you know I want to get to know them better then ask those questions because then as insecure as you are about like oh my god what do they think of me mm. they're probably feeling the same way mm. so the more interest that you show the more interest they'll have and want to also take those steps forward. Oh, so well said. I think like there's a whole different energy that's brought when you're open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, no, not pressured by certain you're like nervous, like you said, and being like my hopes and dreams are tied to this conversation. It's a whole <laughs> yeah. different energy when you can just learn to let loose. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is like hyping yourself up before a date. Like I said, to get in yeah. the right mentality. You know how athletes, like when they before, before like they get into, you can win. <laughs> you know, it's like you get in the mindset of just like preparing yourself mentally. Like, how do I talk to my friends? What is the intention when I ask my friends these questions? It's purely just to know. It's purely just to like out of curiosity, right? So if you can channel yeah. that same energy before you're getting to talk to someone and that becomes a practice in itself. Because, like, the more you mm-hmm, do it, the more mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I'm more comfortable asking versus, like, a, uh, um, so what are your hopes and dreams, you know? <laughs> what do you want to do in life? <laughs> yeah, you know, so, like, it's okay. Like, if you stumble, that's just what it is, you know? And I really yeah. like what you said about how, like, the other person is probably just as nervous. And yeah. if not, then maybe that person is a little further along in being able to ask questions or in the dating game. And that's okay, too. Yeah, yeah. And, again, everybody handles dating in a different way. And things don't need to be so official when it comes to like that dating part or when you're like trying to get to know someone because it's just fun and what works for the two of you. And, you know, as long as the opportunity and the timing of everything like clicks and you guys are really able to like be like, hey, this is actually what I want and, you know, what I'm what I'm working towards. That's when the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, I really can't stress this enough in like the mantra that has become my life through life coaching is just trust the process and also Mm. i would add now respect the process so if you are Mm. looking for your team member for life you know your partner and all of that give time 
that respect. No, I know we want things to happen yeah. our own time. And I think even just this construct of like, you need to have children by this age, you need to get married by this age, or else like you're not at your prime and etc. <laughs> These are just all human constructed types of limited beliefs that it's just so silly. And like if you're mm-hmm. really trying to find someone that think about it to spend the rest of your life with someone on that such intimate level it's not just instant chemistry and you're like okay we're set for the rest of our life it's a journey and like you said trust has a lot to do with that and you actually the process of learning to trust someone is learning to trust yourself first yeah and then being able to bring that best self into the relationship because if you're just on your own wandering and like not really giving a care in the world, then like that's not really a partnership. And I think that um, a lot of people have the tendency to get into relationships for selfish reasons, for reasons that they're not willing to face. And those are the relationships that don't work out because you know that on a baseline level, like they don't have the same mentality going into the relationship. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The act of finding a teammate for life is daunting and it's not easy. And there's still a whole nother journey once you guys get together. Exactly. And I would say getting engaged and getting married is not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say this for me personally, looking at my own parents' marriage or other my friends' parents' marriage, I'm just like, yeah, that's not the end game. <laughs> like there's still so much. It's not a it's not just something to just check off. Yeah. Or and think that list. like it's yeah. it's fine. That's it. That's the rest of my life. You know, I'm set. There's yeah. still so much work that takes place from that. So choosing the right partner. You know, it's like when we're in elementary school and choosing teams and then you're like oh I got I want to yeah. pick the best player <laughs> you know because I want to have the best chance of winning not to say that you're yeah. gonna win at life but it's just like yeah you choose your partner wisely you're trying to have the most <laughs> genetically fit <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know but that takes getting to know yourself like in let's say in that example is getting to know that like sometimes your weaknesses are this sometimes your strengths are this mm-hmm. so getting to know someone who can uh, we talk about love languages we talk about like you know flexibility and all these traits that you learn that are like important to you that can complement you as well as inspire you to grow as well as the other person let's not discount the other person too Mm -hmm. so a lot of times what I learned through my single days was that I adopted the mentality that the time that it takes for me to find this person is also time that my partner is working on himself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we can meet each other and I think I'm ready but he's not ready that's not gonna work either so timing is such a big process so for all the people who are single and discouraged through dating apps and like not finding the one Regina being one of them and all of that like yeah I would just say I'm here for you yeah take your time I I understand trust the process (laughs) respect the process next question um let's see oh this is a good one how to be in a relationship when i'm still figuring out who i am and what i want to do with my life that's a good one i think that Mm -hmm. goes into a lot of what we've been saying whether you're single or dating that's why i think in a relationship it can be harder i think Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of people do it but i feel like for me Mm -hmm. personally it was harder because you can't help but consider that other person in your life Right. Mm-hmm. So your the decisions mm-hmm. that you make, what you would normally like Regina said, her being single, she gets to kind of like decide selfishly. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say that selfishly. That's just like because she doesn't have to think about somebody else. So if she wants to move to New York on a whim, she can do that. Versus like when you're with a partner who's like, Well, I don't want to do long distance, that makes the decision that much harder, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I perceive it. But you can still do that and I think it is setting boundaries and it's also Mm -hmm. defining for yourself like goals that you want like when you say you're figuring out who you are what do you mean by that and what do you want to do with your life that's a big question 
in that sense, it takes a lot of work, regardless if you're single or in a relationship, that you want to make the commitment towards and being open to discovering the answers through experience, really, and figuring out who you are. A lot of answers can come from being in a relationship. To be honest,、mm-hmm. you can really figure out like, wow, these are things that I didn't know meant that much to me. And sometimes the partner that you pick actually re- reflects what you are looking for. Within、mm. yourself, you know,、mm. and some of the traits that you really don't like either within yourself. So, in any relationship, whether it's dating or friendship or families, it's a lot of projection, right?、Mm-hmm. That's why we get into a little, a lot of miscommunications or arguments or just things that just don't sit well because we're each projecting what we think the other person is saying or telling us about ourselves when that person may not even be saying that. Yeah. So in that sense, I would say I'm bringing a lot of life coaching stuff into it. But like, what I know is just like when you ask questions like, "What do I want to do with my life?" and figuring out who I am is really defining those goals for yourself. Not in the sense of I need to know what I want to do with the rest of my life, but it's asking yourself like, "What do you mean、mm-hmm. by that?" What are you searching for when you say I, what I want to do with my life? Like, do you want to be of service to other people? What speaks to you? What are your priorities? Like, your values—they all play into that. And like, maybe you want to be financially stable. That's what will determine what you want to do、mm-hmm. with your life. Yeah, I totally agree with a lot of what you said. And I think at the end of the day, with relationships, it's just open communication. Like, yeah, what are you figuring out? And like, will you be able to do it with this other person? Because if you're trying to go on this newfound journey of like trying to figure yourself out, like wanting to move across the country and trying all these new experiences, but your partner is like, no, I'm really comfortable here right now. Like, that could be like a clear cut sign that like maybe what you guys want isn't really aligned, and you guys are just kind of forcing it. Or if that other person is like, hey, yeah, I want to go on this adventure. With you, or yeah, I want to pick this up with you, and you know, learn and grow with you. I think that you can use these opportunities in, like, as you're trying to figure yourself out, the willingness of your partner to want to do those things with you, and how much they encourage、yeah. you, or how much they push back. And you know, when you go on this path of self discovery, it actually reveals a lot about the people around you.、Mm-hmm. Because when you are prioritizing yourself, sometimes you do make choices that do not serve the people around you. So it actually can reveal a lot in the relationship that you're in and the partner that you're with. Not to say that it's good or bad, but just meaning like maybe you're like, you know, what's best for me now is to go to therapy or. Maybe I need to take a break from work, take a sabbatical, and stuff like that. And maybe your partner is not very encouraging of that. Maybe、mm-hmm. you know some partners. It's like there's a power dynamic of you know when the girlfriend makes more money or、mm-hmm. the wife makes more money,、mm-hmm. and it's a hard struggle for the man. Which I understand. You know, there's、mm-hmm. like. The different dynamics of each gender, but that also says a lot about the work that needs to be done there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- you can have a partner that's just like you know super encouraging of like no you go girl or like you go guy like I encourage you to take the rest go do I, I'll pick up some of the pieces in the meantime or whatever like I just want to support you. And maybe to you, you're like, yes, that's what I value in a partner. That's what I value in a relationship.、Mm-hmm. Or you have a partner that's just like, I don't know, like berates you for it, or puts you down, or calls you out, and like, oh, you're selfish. How could you do that? Or blah blah blah. That's also very telling in itself. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that you learn about yourself. And I commend you for posing this question and having that self awareness of figuring out what is it that you want. What is that that speaks to you? And also being considerate of being in a relationship.、Mm-hmm. Definitely, 
I think that, yeah, everyone always sees uh, getting into a relationship as the end-all, be-all goal, but they don't really think about all the, the growth and hardships that still come with that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, great question. This will be our last question because, like Regina says, we are really good about answering three questions and <laughs> super dumb. <laughs> Uh, we'll try to think of a better way to do this so that we can answer more questions and maybe like in a maybe quicker like IG live and we can yeah. just like you know spitfire yeah because yeah. I think that you know like we always get so excited with all the questions that you guys give us and then we answer so about three of them because questions. we they're so good yeah they're all really really good so um, yeah definitely be on the lookout for more content <laughs> and more <laughs> Q and A's hopefully in the future but yeah Christine take it away with our last question question of today and this is a good one that i feel a lot of people go through and we don't really talk about but how to handle rejection Mm. and this person says but still stay as friends i think those can be two separate circumstances yeah but handling rejection in dating rejection happens all the time all the time yeah it's either you rejecting someone or someone rejecting you i think the thing is i think that we should all take ownership of the times that we've rejected someone because just Mm. because when we reject someone it doesn't affect us as much it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect the other person as much so that is something that I've definitely become a lot more aware of and I think that you know this person also asked like how to pick up on given signs and I think a lot of it is just like the receptiveness of the other person like I think that whenever you're in a situation where you're being rejected it sucks and there's nothing that I can say that will tell you other otherwise or make you feel otherwise it does really suck you yeah. know you put yourself yeah. out there and you really gave it your best shot but I think that what's more important to know is like hey you know okay maybe that person didn't work out why didn't it work out not letting that define you as a person um, not being like oh well mm-hmm. they rejected me because insert you know millions of insecurities that you have about yourself like it's not that like maybe that person wasn't just wasn't in the right mind space or maybe they just weren't having it that day or you know, maybe if it's a relationship that you've cultivated for a really long time and they don't feel that way, I think that those have the tendency to hurt more because um, you feel more of a deeper connection there. But at the end of the day, it's really not about you. It's really about what that other person thinks that they want or, you know, thinks that they're seeking. And maybe you don't have that. And that's okay because there are also a lot of people who might be interested in you or who are much better suited for you who are out there. I've definitely been on both ends of ghosting and it sucks, (laughs) but I think Mm -hmm. that I had to remind myself like, okay, well, Hey, you know, the person who ghosted me, they didn't see the value in what I had to bring the relationship. And I'm confident in the value that I know that I can bring. I think that it can be hard when it's like right off the bat and you're like, Oh my God, this person just rejected me. And it's probably because of all of these things that I don't like about myself. But in reality, it's really not that intense about all of your insecurities because the only reason why you feel that way is because that's the perspective that you're taking it on from. But I think when you look at the bigger picture, you're just kind of like, okay, you know, it didn't work out. That's all right. Take as long as you need to kind of mourn over that process and then pick yourself back up again because there is someone out there for you that will learn to appreciate all of the quirks and, you know, things that make you you traits that they'll learn to love. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the part of like working on yourself. Mm-hmm. When you say it, it sounds so easy, yeah. right? Because it's like, oh, okay, you know, you pick yourself back up, you remind yourself and all of that. And I understand that it is a process. Yeah. Like rejection, understandably so, is very hurtful, yeah. it's very painful. Mm-hmm. And you have every right to feel that way. And I think that's the thing that we don't give ourselves the kindness and the patience for is to feel those feelings you know and there's almost a sense of like oh then that makes us seem desperate Mm -hmm. or that makes me seem weak or undesirable and all that and you probably get more mad at yourself but it's okay it's okay to feel sad and then when you process through your feelings and you feel your feelings i think it's also good in the process to get outside perspective Talk to your friends about it because they can see things that maybe you didn't see. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think the thing about rejection too, when we talk about, let's say, this person's question of how to handle rejection but still stay as friends. So obviously this is coming from more than just like, oh, like a couple of dates or one day and you got ghosted. This is someone that, you know, you invested time in and you saw potential and maybe you finally had the courage to make a move or confess your feelings and you got rejected that's extremely painful Mm -hmm. totally so because you saw the relationship in one way and the person didn't so easy to go to like oh man why not me i've been your friend throughout all the crappy people that you've dated i can treat you so much better or there's how can you not see it and your friends can offer you that perspective that maybe throughout this entire time this person has been giving you signs you know or maybe this entire time it's a sign in itself that he or she just didn't see you the same way, you know, that mm-hmm. there are different values that you thought that were so aligned. But if that person didn't feel yeah. it, it takes two, you know what I mean, for that chemistry. And maybe some of that chemistry was more built up in your head in mm-hmm. terms of a fantasy of the potential mm-hmm. of this person mm-hmm. or the potential of your guys's relationship. Just because you guys get along really well together as friends doesn't mean that that automatically translates to a romantic yeah. setting. All of those things come into play. And if you can take those things to heart and as well as take in the input of your friends who are trying to remind you of how amazing of a person you are. Like we had a recent journal prompt that was like, what's one compliment that, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you have a hard time accepting? Like these are this is the time Mm -hmm. to put that into practice. Those are the things that will help you think in a broader perspective and ground you. And maybe those are things with time and healing that you can work towards staying friends with this person. Of course, if this person is open to it, you know, and I really do think that a lot of times it just takes Mm -hmm. time for people to get over things. And just because you're on your own timeline of I'm ready to be friends, you know, or like, oh, I don't want to lose you as a friend. I get that. But also respecting if you really, really care about that person to the point where you're like, I want to be in a relationship with you. If you honor how much you cared about that person, then also honor their boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. I think that a lot of us have the tendency to, especially right after we get rejected, fantasize about what the relationship could have been and what we're missing out on and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, letting each individual person get that time to kind of get over the hurdle of like, oh, wow, you know you have feelings for me, but maybe I'm not the one who's feeling it, or maybe you're the one who's being rejected. Letting yourself have that time to heal. And then also, yeah, understanding that like, this isn't like people are going to handle things in different ways. Like some people, I think that if you were to 
confess something like this, their first initial reaction might be to shut down because they don't know what to say. And I think that learning to be patient with that or learning to just be confident in yourself and what you have to offer and knowing that like, hey, if it doesn't work out with this person, that's okay. There's someone else out there for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I know that we have so, so many more questions that we didn't get a chance to go through. So definitely follow us on Instagram at perfectly.imperfect.podcast. We want to start utilizing Instagram more as a way to interact with you guys and just provide you guys with resources that have helped us and quotes that inspire you and us. So definitely check out that page just to keep up with our happenings. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you guys can go to iTunes and make sure to subscribe to get our episodes every Tuesday. And if you could give us a rating, that would be super helpful just so that we can get a better understanding of, you know, the content that you guys enjoy hearing from us. Oh, and we have all the links in our Instagram profile of all the different platforms that you can listen to our podcast. I know we're really late to the game with like Spotify and Stitcher. We had it on there um, and Google Play and all that, but I think sharing that and making that known to other people so that, you know, you can share with your friends. So Mm -hmm. people that don't listen to podcasts through iTunes, we are on multiple platforms. So share with your friends. Everyone can listen and, you know, we can reflect and talk about all these topics together. Yeah. So see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.